Welcome to Droco. Now that made it in. I think that was the beginning. <laughs> that, that was it. That was in. Well that was in. Yeah, oh, I, reset, I deleted the test shit, and as soon as I started, you did the welcome to. That oh, was cool, nice. man. Is that that sounds good. You got some nice singing ability, thank dude. You, thank that you. Was, yeah. That was sick, dude. I know. Uh, hell yeah. That's why I did it. On? Yeah, don't get too fucking big for your britches over there, pal. Right. <laughs> Big for my britches, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. am I like, a Irish schoolboy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, we're peaking a little bit. I got to turn these down a little bit. Uh, we're all peaking. right, nice, 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 nice. Uh, folks, <clears throat> this episode <laughs> is brought to you by me getting that pillow from under my butt. <laughs> this episode's actually brought to you by Nico Williams. Say Hello hi there. Nico. Hello. Do you like the way that whenever you talk, the levels on the little waveform? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually just staring at your your computer screen right now, watching like my voice cause all these small little waves and bubbles. It's not actually not causing that big of a bubble. Which one are you again? Well, you Two. Uh, no. Whichever. All right, I just turned your gain all the way up, dude. You need to talk. Incredible. You need to talk louder. Incredible. Here I am. Yeah, there you go. That's Great. good. It's a little less chill, but that's fine. That's life sometimes. I'll turn you up some more, actually. Yeah. Turn it up. Turn it up. Hello. All right, sick. Um, yeah, I feel like the, uh, the three of us could pivot from draw call to like a late night, like steamy love talk radio <laughs> show. Some ASMR out here. <laughs> I feel like we all have some nice suave voices for that. <laughs> Dude, you've gotten way looser since you've gotten off the, <laughs> off the box chair. Yeah, dude, Ooh. I feel like I have a little it's bit of... Couches. Do you want to give the context? Yeah. All right, so yeah. we are doing this show from <clears throat> the uh, safety and security and warmth of Z and Nico's apartment. Now, oh, yeah. for those who are tuning in that are new to the show, usually we do the show from my apartment uh, more... Uh, specifically my bedroom and uh, Z is forced to sit on possibly uh, and maybe you can give us more review since you spent more time in that chair than I have at this point possibly one of the most uncomfortable chairs of all time it's up there but to be fair I I uh, have had those exact chairs in college like my first dining room table had those chairs so my butt is used to it it's got to keep you on your toes my yeah, gotta be, you can't be, you can't be too chill. True. Gotta true, be thinking. True, yeah. Brain's gotta be moving. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, nah, this is a significantly more comfortable setup. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> Got two couches uh, donated to us by our lovely landlords. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah. your landlord donated you the couch. That's yeah. so sick. More or dude. less, yeah. Yeah, these are nice ass couches, dude. I gotta like make sure I don't sit back too far. I gotta adjust the microphone so I can just. Lean the fuck back. Yeah. Ah, dude, this is so sick. Yeah, we're doing the pod from here from now. We got to figure something out financially. Always welcome. Because, uh, yeah, this is sick, dude. And imagine if we, again, another visual bit. We're the king of visual bits here that will never make it to actual visual. Uh, we have a television directly in front of us. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we connected the uh, MacBook, which is like the center console, Ooh. to the television. Yeah. If we ever wanted to like watch something, we could pipe that audio back in. Just yeah. not even focus on the, on not the podcast. Even on, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's yeah, the yeah. next step. Because this episode's already going to be short as fuck. Yeah. Um, like, the shortest episode we'll probably ever do. But, but of course, it's 
It's purposeful. It is purposeful. It is. Yeah. And we'll get to that purpose right after I finish my rant about the Feel television. Free. Of course, of course. Uh, but what, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, that is like the next evolution of like not giving a shit about the podcast is... Uh, <laughs> having it be fully a, like a that's side just, Us just watching television. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally like, talking. Like, I, think, <laughs> I think we should do reaction uh, reaction podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but nobody can ever see what we're reacting to on right. the TV. So they have to guess. Yeah. That encourages engagement in yeah. our tweets. Because yeah. they have to guess and let us know what, what they think we're watching. That's the yeah. idea. No, that'd be cool. It could also be, you, you, I mean, having the TV here works as like a way for us to view the guest. Too. Yes, that's what I was saying. To thinking. view the yeah. guest. Yeah, 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 if we have a, a remote guest, oh, we can just air airplay or no, what's it called? Mirror yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the MacBook. Dude. See the guest. Mm. You might, yeah. This, this is, is it. This might be the new draw call studio. This is it. Oh, yeah, wow. This is cool. All right. I'm in. I'm in for it. Great. Um, Sweet. Plus, we got nice, like, locales nearby, like mm-hmm. nice little bar oh, yeah. locations, you know, because originally. We used to go from uh, whenever we were doing the uh, the podcast from Brazil. We used to go from uh, Brazil to the nearby Gordos uh, for for tacos and, and margs, mm-hmm. but uh, we didn't really do that much at the South Side location. Right um, here, there's a ton of new locations that I haven't tried because I'm I'm not really familiar with like the Squirrel Hill area mm-hmm. like that. Um, I feel like draw call is this confluence of game development conversation mixed with Pittsburgh, like yeah. locale conversation. <laughs> totally. Just talking it's about a tour, tour. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right. How many minutes are we in? Uh, five. Would you like me to, to talk about a little bit about speedy meetings? Yeah. 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 We're like six minutes in. So yeah, I feel like that's a, this is a good segue. Uh, we got Nico Williams on the show. Oh, that's really me. Thank you. Thank you. We got Nika Williams on the show. Nika Williams is a producer at I'm a, yes. our, uh, our mutual studio, uh, Shell Gimes. Uh, and he's here to talk to you about... Speedy meetings. So, dear, dear listener, I assume that you probably said, you know, I got about an hour. I'm going to listen to Draw Call. And normally that'd be, that'd be right on the money about the, the end of the hour be done you'd move on to your next thing maybe you only have an hour to listen to it but what if i told you that you could listen to the entire episode of draw call but also have time to take a break afterwards to to get some water to meditate to to go to the bathroom uh well we're gonna give that to you today uh we're gonna we're gonna embrace speedy meetings which is a uh protocol if you will that uh our team at shell is embracing which is if it's an hour-long meeting Let's make it 50 minutes. If it's a 30-minute meeting, let's make it 25. You know, give people time to, to rest, to, to relax, and to, to recuperate mm. from the meeting. And so strictly because we just really love this idea, that's exactly why we're going to make this, this podcast episode uh, 50 minutes instead yeah. of 60. Yeah. It's for no, longer, you motherfuckers. And, and, not, and for no external or other reasons. Yeah. No, if if you want more than fifteen minutes, that's what the Patreon's for. That's right? what the Patreon's exactly. for. Get the last ten minutes of this episode. Get, yeah, get the ten <laughs> minutes of us getting the uh, the the audio right. Yeah, that's you behind can hear the paywall. Yeah, on yeah. The, on the Patreon, I still don't really know if the audio is right. I'm only hearing half. I'm only hearing the the microphones from. Half, oh my god! Yeah, wow. Check this out. Okay, 
for the first seven minutes of this podcast, almost all of the microphones have been only in the left channel. Oh, oh yeah. sick. So <laughs> you can fi- you can fi- you can fix that in post. You can fix that in post. I'm pretty sure. So. You just duplicate so. it. That's fine. I mean, yeah, I guess like voices right. don't. Dude, like... we'll, just, we'll just do a little oscillation. <laughs> we'll just kind of keep going back and forth. Slowly as the pod goes right. on, it moves yeah. between right. your left me, and your right ear. Let me find that timestamp actually. Okay, around eight minutes. Just some remind me like around well seven minutes forty-five seconds uh, to. To go and edit anything from ne- from the zero to seven minutes fifty seconds, just edit that to mono, and then the rest can be. <laughs> You're giving your future self instructions, right? Yeah. Now? Yes. Well done. Yeah. This is a good yeah, use of the time. I, I dig it. One hundred percent. This is all within the first ten minutes. Yeah. No, because this is the name of the game at Draw Call now. Now that we've had our yeah. big, now that we have our big break. This is <laughs> your the, big break. Yeah. This is the the gym the gym episode marks uh, sort of. Uh, mid evolution, yeah, mid season evolution for us. Right? Yeah, it was like, all right, nice. We got a high <laughs> profile guest on the show. Yeah, and now it's time to to cash in and <laughs> to coast and, and coast. Hell yeah! All right, we already know you guys are going to listen to the show. Our uh, our standard um, like average viewership mm. uh, has tripled. Ooh, since wow. Uh, since Jim came on the show, from one to three. Thanks, Jim. From one person to three people. <laughs> from That's just sick. me listening to Z, Nico, and <laughs> listening to the show every single time. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, now we're gonna we're gonna ride that off in the sunset. So listen, uh, the era of of us being Goody Two Shoes going past an hour, hour three minutes, hour ten, hour twenty, it's over. Speedy meeting. It's done. And Nico, how did you come to the conclusion mm. that the next evolution in your in your producer lifestyle mm-hmm. was the uh, advent of speedy meeting? I think I don't know if I'd call it the, the full evolution of my career, but it was certainly this is the biggest. This is, your this big is perhaps the the greatest jump in in expertise and craft I've ever made. No, I so I, it happened because um, Google, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sponsored, not really, but uh, mm, Google Google Workspace, Google Calendar specifically has an option for a little checkbox for speedy meetings, and so it automatically schedules your meetings that size. And so I discovered that I looked into it, and I learned there's like a ton of research by Microsoft and other places that are like, hey, in the advent of the pandemic. When you switch, when you immediately leave one, me- when you leave one meeting and immediately jump into another, there's like, if they look at MRI scans of your brain when that's happening, there's like a huge spike in stress mm-hmm. uh, just because like you're, you're just frantically trying to get from one to the other. You don't have any kind of break in between. And so I was like, that's not good. And so I uh, encouraged the team to do speedy meetings and here we are. Yeah. And the team was very open to them. Shout out to the team. Shout out to the team. Shout dude. out to the team, always. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like um, there, there are so many benefits to that. It's hard mm. for me to find like a downside to them. I know that yeah. there are mm. uh, those uh, people who don't like speedy meetings. You if know, only we had that one specific person on, and if you only know. we had them on the last episode. Yeah. If only, yeah, um, my my sworn enemy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Nico's sworn enemy in the studio, Dimitri. Indeed. Uh, yeah, like, what are some of the the cons you've heard about speedy meetings? 
Yeah, would you like to defend some points? Why don't you raise switch sides? Let's play devil's advocate out here. Yeah, yeah, and then you can tackle them most effectively. Yeah. So the the main thing is people being like, oh well, that 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 wouldn't work for us. You know, they're like, oh, we don't have time, or like, oh, it's too late. You know, we're already so deep into the project. Um, But the problem is that like you're less efficient anyways, right? Because yeah, you might be getting like cramming in like five extra minutes to your 30 minute meeting. But it, over time when people get so exhausted and like so mentally fatigued, then they're, they're not being as useful and as, and ultimately like they're not as present in those meetings. Right. So the five minutes that you lose, you gain and just like people feeling better. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I, yeah. I, I think the, those five minutes go a long way. Um, do you think, did the research that you read, uh, what, I'm curious if there was any research done on like what people typically did in those five minutes. I think that it, it said that uh, whether they, like the, the best results were like meditating, obviously, like mind, mm-hmm. mindfulness and whatever, which let's be honest, nobody's doing. But uh, it's it said that even when there isn't, you know, even when it's just like a general break and people have time to get water or mm-hmm. to, to, to go to the bathroom or to answer like a, a message or something like that. Like the point is, is less about what you do at the time and more about uh, avoiding going immediately from one to the other. Yeah. 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 yeah I feel like that's a really uh, powerful toolkit in the um, hybrid work environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's like a hot topic right now, not just like within our studio, but around, around the world probably, but um yeah we should we should all be doing speedy meetings yeah this uh take take note <laughs> dimitri <laughs> so wait so you're you're fully on the on the speedy meeting train oh 100%. it's the only right it's the only train to be on interesting interesting wow all right well i mean i don't know i don't want to have to play the, the guy who says no nah, we shouldn't have speedy meetings well i think part of it is because in college my classes were yeah. basically speedy meetings. Very true. And I love that because they, I think a big reason for that is to account for the time it would take students to like walk around the campus. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I didn't have hour long classes. I had 50 minute classes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have hour and a half uh, classes. I had hour and 20 minutes, even the like really long ones. Like the, um, I used, I had a, like a two and a half hour seminar, like once a week or something but it was actually two hours, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always like, I always thought it was weird uh, until I like came to realize like, oh, they're compensating for the amount of time it takes to physically go from yeah. one class to another and go to the bathroom, get some food along the way. Yeah. Because um, there was like some research done at my school where uh, there was like a student who was really friggin' bored one day and like, asked a bunch of people to time themselves going to class mm. and he took the average of all those times across like all the different majors and it was like a ton of data and the average time it took to walk to class was 10 minutes mm. roughly rounded um but the gap that the school put in between classes was 15 so they definitely they try to ensure that you get you could get to any class yeah. and use the restroom get food etc in yeah. between so i think Having done that for four years, I'm I'm pretty indoctrinated into that type of cycle. Like I think it makes sense. Um, and it and there's also like the psychology of um, 
you know, like buying something and uh, there's a reason why markets sell things at two ninety nine, one ninety nine instead of three dollars, oh, yeah. two dollars. It's like the perception. The perception of it being less money. Yeah. Uh, and the perception of twenty five minutes being less time than thirty minutes, which I mean it is, but um I think there's there's just like a psychological click that turns on in your brain that helps you view it a little more positively. Yeah. And maybe it feels a little more productive. Uh, in those meetings because you only have to, you only have 25 minutes and not like the full 30 I don't know I'm fully on board with it do it it's hard for me to find it's really hard for me to find a con even in like the you know the rationale you brought up I started going to um, daily scrums which by the way <laughs> holy shit <laughs> I didn't know you started doing daily <laughs> how scrums how the fuck do you guys do that every day <laughs> I like absolutely no like disrespect to the people who facilitate daily scrums like i i totally understand like they're yeah you yeah, uh, i totally understand like their value uh to like the team but also no i don't because uh, <laughs> like damn if i had to do that every if i had to get on the phone for half an hour every day and spend like five minutes shooting the shit and then another 15 minutes just saying i did this i did that this yeah is what i'm gonna do today mm-hmm. i i don't know if i could do it dude i don't know i like to be i like being a rebel you don't even know what i did you don't <laughs> like need the mystique what, you don't need to know what i did check actually. my commit messages if you're curious <laughs> yeah. I mean, prove like, that you really want to know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> work for it um but i say i was to say if you had because those those scrums are what 30 minutes at least for the, the team that I'm like sort of um, attached to, mm-hmm. um, uh, would you do away with that sort of like five minutes, ten minutes of like sort of shoot the shit time in order to mm-hmm. in order to regain uh, those five minutes of the day? Like how in the case of such like a daily scrum, for example, right? Mm-hmm. How would you allocate resource or like time? in order to make sure that everyone gets through their like daily scrum while also leaving in room for those minutes where people are like legit, just like shooting the shit. Cause those yeah. minutes are also important, right? Yep. Yeah. We don't, we actually don't change our scrum. Uh, our scrum is scrum is 20 minutes and normally the first like five to seven of it is messing around. And then, uh, at least over the last couple of weeks, we normally still end like three, four minutes early. Uh, so I think wow. it's I think it's more about um, mindfulness, like during Scrum. And and for those of you who don't know, Scrum is uh, probably everyone knows listening to it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Say it. Uh, it's it's normally a daily like it's also called like standups, just getting up and saying what you did yesterday, what you're doing today. If you're like, you know, if you're if if you need anything from the team, etc. Um, for us, it's like, it's just being mindful about how you approach it. And if you approach it from like, you know, not going person by person and like not getting super granular and bogging the team down and you're just like, Hey, any movement on, you know, this piece of work? Nope. Cool. And then you move on, you know, as opposed to like getting too into specifics. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I feel like on my project, we, um, we actually have scrum and pre-scrum. Um, so my project is structured so that I am on a like 
pod, like a small team within a larger team. Mm. And our pre-scrum is the little pod team connecting, spending five minutes shooting the shit. And then the rest of the time we're talking about what we're doing today and then sort of aligning our tasks with one another and finding where the dependencies are and figuring that out so that we don't step on each other's toes that day. And then at the end of that, we go into regular scrum where the rest of the teams, like directors and stakeholders come in. We also have about five minutes where we shoot the shit with them. And then we go into like basically the same thing we talked about, but now it's the, the directors are made aware of it as well. And then they also tell us what like they're up to today. Um, that one's more of a formalized, I think just like checking in with like your bosses and being like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm like actively working towards my, my, my goal for yeah. the week or whatever. Um, so we have two scrums, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross, dude. <laughs> you should figure that out. Yeah, you should fix that. You should do some internal, some internal thinking on how to fix that. I mean, you're not, a, you're not the producer, so I guess it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. So who, why don't you name them? We how already have, that? uh, Dimitri. <laughs> nice. This is an anti Dimitri. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> oh man. No, it probably makes sense for y'all. I don't know. Y'all have a different structure than most projects. So one thing yeah. to remember, folks, is that every project and team's needs are different. So that, very true. Um, one thing that works for one team may not work for your team. So it's a good disclaimer. Yeah, and, uh, Nico, as a producer, how do you identify that? That's got to be like tricky thing to figure out because mm, nice. you don't have a lot of time to figure that out when a project starts I imagine unless mm-hmm. you're like really familiar with everyone who's on the project sure. I can't imagine that happens very sure. often so like when how do you how do you do that how do you navigate that I feel like with that kind of stuff you you go with what you know or like what you in the past have known to work in general and it's less about planning it all ahead of time and executing well, like, you know, executing it perfectly the first time and more about being flexible to adapt later, right? Mm-hmm. So like you you do Scrum, right? And then if you figure out that a lot of people on your team are, you know, pretty talkative, then maybe you change the format a little bit so that it's like, it, it specifically if it's a problem, right? Like if, yeah. if every Scrum is going along, people don't get to talk about the things that they want to talk about, they need to talk about, then you say, okay, you know, something needs to change. Right. And so I feel like it's, it's like you can do as much due diligence as you can beforehand. Like maybe you reach out to other producers who've worked with them on other projects, like with your team on other projects. Maybe you talk to like your, your director group or something like that. Um, but I feel like so much of it is, is not about having like the perfect plan. It's more about just like having something and then being open to it, having to change later. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of like, honestly, I feel like that's a lot of production and just like schedules, especially right. There's so many like notable phrases, which I'm probably going to get wrong which is like, you know, plans are useless, but planning is essential where it's mm-hmm. like, or another one's like, uh, no plan survives first contact with the enemy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's that inevitably you're always wrong at some point, but you just have to figure out how you adapt to that rather than worrying about it and, you know, trying to do it perfectly the first time. Interesting. Rapid iteration on mm-hmm. communication. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how do you know when, how many times to, like, how many times are you able to iterate, uh, would you say, um, per like 
I don't know. I don't even know if it makes sense to do like per. Because I know that um, communication is one of those things where it's like I don't – it is difficult to cha- mm. make those larger changes and it's difficult mm-hmm. to change things over and over and over again. Yes. If you have a feeling that it's not working. Yeah. How do you – how do you decide when enough is enough or how do you decide when, uh, okay, it's time to just let this sit for a moment and really see if it's going to work or not before changing the policy or changing the structure of communication on the team again? That's a good question. Yeah. I feel like I agree that it's not a per like, you know, it's not like you can make X number of changes within this amount of time. Uh, and it's definitely about identifying when there's an issue right? Which is whether it's like you observing it or talking to your team and and them telling you that it's an issue. Uh, And so once you identify that there's an issue, you kind of figure out, okay, how severe is it? You know, because like I've got a thousand things that I have to do every day. And frankly, some things just fall off the list. And so if it's something that people are like, oh, it could be better. And it's like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to keep moving. Um, But if it's something where people feel like there's a problem, then you say, okay, you know, let's change it. And I think that in the cases where you change it and it doesn't work, and that happens multiple times. I feel like the the problem was probably not getting feedback from the team, right? Because for me, I try to change stuff and then check in with the people who said it was a problem and ask them, you know, hey, has this fixed it, right? Not to mention the solution you come up with should involve the people who identified the problem, right? right? Like, because whether they're they're not always right exactly about what the solution should be, right? I, I feel like it's a lot like being a designer with playtest feedback, right? It's like mm-hmm. they'll recommend solutions and you have to read in between the lines. It's like, okay, what's the problem? But like, I think the interesting thing is that even if you have a solution that doesn't fully solve the problem, if you developed that solution with the team, then they're kind of on board with it, right? Like right. it matters to them more that like they had agency in what was done than the fact that it works perfectly, right? right? So like if if you ultimately figure out, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't it. We need to change this again. If you develop the solution with the team and that solution was wrong, then like, you know, the whole team's like, okay, cool. We tried, Let, let's try a new thing, you know? It's very different than like somebody who's, you know, many levels above the rest of the team and is like forcing a new solution that nobody wanted and then that didn't work. And it's, you know, we got to do another one. And it seems just like an annoyance because it's like, no, we're all in this together. You know, it's like buy-in. So weirdly, like if you involve the rest of the team in the solution, then even if it doesn't work, they might still be satisfied Mm. because sometimes it was less about the specific process or like problem and more about the team kind of coming together to fix it or feeling like they were heard or something like that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think, it, 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 it like boils down maybe not one-to-one but it feels like just communicating top to bottom in a team mm. solves or attempts to solve is a step in the right direction of solving problems that crop up yeah and just being uh really transparent about you know this is the problem these are the steps we're taking to solve it and then i think the important part that i feel like it's forgotten or like sidestepped is the the feedback loop afterwards yeah exactly when you implement this a, a solution an attempt solution if you don't check back in especially with the people who originally brought up the problem there's no way to you know measure if the solution was effective or not 
yeah you have to make that step otherwise you haven't like added a solution you haven't addressed the problem you just essentially added a new procedure that is just kind of going unchecked and and unmoderated yeah um, and i think that just introduces even more problems yeah and, and interestingly it can sometimes even be like sometimes checking in can even be a little bit performative where sure. it's less about like even if you know that it fixed the problem right when you follow up with the person you say oh do you know did this help then it kind of reinforces the fact that you did it to help them right like you were trying to like make their life a little bit easier yeah. and so i feel like whenever you make that effort to do that then it establishes a lot of trust within the team cuz it's like oh shoot this person really cares about you know making things improving things for me right like i came yeah. to them with a problem they not only tried to solve it but then they checked in with me to see if it worked right like the next time that person has a problem they'll tell you about it 100% yeah. Yeah. and like if you can establish that kind of like almost like psychological safety in a way of like if people see a problem they tell you about it then like that solves i feel like 90% of the the issues you'll run into when you're making a game mm -hmm. or any kind of creative project i guess yeah yeah i think i totally agree Cool. Let's wrap up. Job's uh, done. Job's done. <laughs> Folks, thank you very much for listening to the Call Podcast. <laughs> you can find us on... <laughs> oh, that's nice. Well done. That's a good one. <clears throat> I'm going to start coughing in the mic. That's now a good sound bite. Don't even turn your head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad, dude. I, are you sure? My, I was saying, I was saying into the mic. You, you just coughed directly into the mic. Oh, I thought you were like, I like went over nah. here and like tried <laughs> making this place into a biohazard container. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I just had to clear my phone actually. Um, ah, oh, man. Fuck. Where do we go from here? Nigga, you want to talk about how you got into game development? You know what? I sure. Uh, that didn't sound very. No, no, no. I was, I was gonna say I was just because I remember you know we uh, behind a little behind the scenes look. We mm -hmm. talked about what the topics we were gonna talk about were at least like the high level view of them, and that was one that we mentioned. So I was, I was. It's in the chamber. I'm ready to talk about it. Oh hell yeah! This is a this is a good guest. Nico's been a good guest so far. He came pre prepared, more oh, yeah. prepared than than I did. That's for damn sure. I also in in the pre production for this episode promised you an outline. And an outline, <laughs> an outline you did not receive. That's no, just no. a running gag with draw call, I think. <laughs> I feel like we've written maybe three outlines. I, I appreciate the improv ones. nature of it, though. Honestly, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. a big part of what makes the show special. Is I mean, that yeah. Three for 24? It's, like, not bad. <laughs> this is 24, right? Episode 24? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so. Let maybe. me check. I think it's... I think well, it's... It's 22, it's real episode twenty three, but published episode twenty two. Ooh, because secrets. Uh, one of the well, not really. It's just one of the episodes kind of came out like dog shit. It's behind it was, the paywall. No, no, no. It's and, behind the paywall. And yeah, join the that, join the Patreon. You can get access to this. <laughs> yeah, secret you can get behind the scenes episode. Secret behind the scenes dog water episode. <laughs> okay, that. well, to be clear, to be clear, the guest was great. Content was great. It was the sound quality sound that quality. kind of ran away from us. Yeah, no, I, I posted a full description on the Patreon, which you can read at patreon.com slash draw club. But really the, the essence of the nature is I get too mad at competitive video games and I slam the fucking desk whenever I die sometimes. And I'm pretty sure one of those times, <laughs> Nico is looking at me just with, <laughs> I don't, incredulously <laughs> is, how I, is how I would put it. Uh, yeah, no, I, 
I think the desk, the rumbling of the desk has caused some collateral damage to the mixer. So unfortunate, uh, or to the, to the other piece of equipment here, the fucking, I don't know what this thing is called. Um, but yeah, so half of the time or not half the time, maybe one fifth of the time, the episodes come out sounding horrible. And this is one of the times where it's just the levels are fucked. Like you see this thing, the green wavelength, the green wavelength was doing backflips. It was making infinity songs. I hope this one turns out okay. I mean, this one is really good. I wasn't lying. The acoustics in here. I mean, the acoustics in here because the ceilings are high is a little fucked up because like the you can hear like the yeah um, what is it reverberation yeah the reverb um, which because we were doing the uh, the podcast previously in what is basically a box um, hell yeah we uh, did not have that issue in the other place but I feel like honestly I really I have I love the couch dude. The couch makes this so much easier to do. Yeah, honestly, nice. it's, we got it. We got to put some like soundproofing stuff on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine having people. Anytime studio. people come yeah. into the apartment, we're like, "That's for the podcast." Yeah, <laughs> the, you just have black boxes on the fucking on the <laughs> oh, ceiling, yeah, yeah. and then the walls everywhere. I'm down. <laughs> just really make this place fucking a black site. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um. Anyway, shit, dude. What were we talking about? How, How you got, got into video into games? Yeah. <laughs> um. So I went to school for computer science. Uh, my my sophomore year of school, uh, I decided I wanted to do video games because I had played the game God of War 2018. I was nice. a big fan uh, and was like, you know what? I want to do that. And so I went to GDC, the Game Developers Conference 2019. Oh, you were there in 2019? Yeah. So was I. Ah, serendipitous. <laughs> nice. Serendipitous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys might have crossed paths and never knew it. Never knew Walked it. Walked yeah. right past Honestly, each other. Honestly, maybe. Here we are. Maybe. Weird. Cute. <laughs> nice. It is <laughs> that is actually, yeah. That's, that's where I wanted to go with that. Exactly. <laughs> um, and a few weeks before, so I initially, you know, having a computer science background, thought, okay, I guess I'll be a programmer. Uh, but I didn't like love coding interviews because they're kind of stressful. Uh, but I, I learned what a producer was, which was, you know, that's a great question, I guess, what a producer is. But the, the TLDR of it being like somebody who kind of communicates with the team, organizes information as well as like what the team's focus is. You know, you work on schedules, budgets, et cetera. Um, but in my opinion, like one of the, the most important part of it, parts about it is just like cultivating the, the way the team collaborates and, and, and works together, right? And I had realized like that was something that I was more naturally inclined to because I had done debate in high school and like, you know, I talk a lot, so it was very helpful. And so I go to GDC. I uh, talked to a lot of people from, you know, the the Santa Monica studio team who worked on God of War 2018. Got a picture with the 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 director of it, Corey Barlog, um, which was like huge for me. That's it's like, so you know, sweet, a dude. college yeah. student, yeah. Um, and ultimately ended up uh, continuing to to go into game production. And so I. To, to do that, I was like, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a junior. I want to work at, at the time I was like, I want to work at Santa Monica studio, which was like a huge goal at the time. And, you know, big company, a lot of people liked it. And so I was like, okay, we've got to do something big. And I realized that U university of Michigan, where I went to school, didn't have like a game to game dev program really. And so I was like, all right, I'll, you know, start a, a student game studio. So did that, um, ended up becoming like pretty, pretty large. And so, 
uh, got a lot of like great experience. Cause like, that's so great for a producer. Like the more people you're, you know, yeah, you're working with, like, you know, it was like trial by fire. Um, and it ended up being like upwards of like 40 students at one point. And it was like, which was way too many for the record. Like big, big act of hubris there. And, uh, that one didn't turn out great, but you know, we learn lessons and that's what matters in life. Uh, but yeah, there a story or two there that, uh, it's just a lot of students and I was like the only producer for the project. So it's like uh, one producer uh, and 40 people on a team. Oh my God. Many right. of which are like only have 25%, you know, like 25% of their day is actually working on it. It's like, Oh, this is right. tricky. It's like more complicated than having 40 full-time people. I Plus think they've in, never in some done ways. it before probably. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're people. managing a lot of like variables you wouldn't have to normally. Um, but started that, um, we did like a few smashers. They're still going. Which is pretty cool. I, I my wow, you left you left something. You left something for now. Oh, dude, that's for now, so sick. You know, time will tell if it continues to go. But uh, yeah, so after that, um, graduated, came to Shell Shell Games, and have been a game producer here since. Nice. That's how I got into that's games. That's super cool. Hell yeah! Uh, you staying in games? That's the plan. What other industry? Let's take this away from games for for a moment. Yeah, this might be my biggest my biggest riff yet. My biggest. Uh, I'm here for it. All yet. Okay. If you were work, if you could work in any other, or rather, if you couldn't mm. work in video games. Okay, sure. If video games as a concept didn't exist. What would you be doing? Would I be doing, or would yeah. I want to be doing? Oh, those are two different things. Indeed. I feel like a lot of people don't really have the sort of, I guess, uh, not knowledge, but most people combine those into like one. Yeah. Like, oh, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing that. Yeah. Not taking into account reality. <laughs> so I guess it's nice that you have a, it's nice <laughs> that you're realistic. <laughs> is what I'm saying. I feel like, yeah. Um, what I uh, would want to be doing for instance, essentially, if, if you're asking, like, right now, if I decided that if I could no longer be in games, what would I want to do? Yeah. I'd probably be, um, hmm, maybe, like, animated films. Oh, I think God. that's almost, in t but if I'm being honest, that is entirely born out of my romanticization of uh, Pixar nice. as a company. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it's honestly more, more of that than it is, like, me needing to work on, on animated films. I I was mm. ready for a super wild out of the box answer, and instead, nope. I got it's like pretty 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 much the same. It's thing. pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think. I mean, I'm just gonna answer the question because uh, this is posed to the room. <laughs> this is a fun question. Yeah, man. Uh, I would totally be like, I don't want to say a chef. Oh, hell somewhere yeah. in the food industry for hell sure. Yeah. I can confirm as as. Uh, Z's roommate who frequently benefits from his meals. <laughs> I, I can confirm that's accurate. Thank you. That's Dude. very sweet. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. There's so many levels right to the food industry. Mm. Yeah. I don't know like where exactly I would want to fit into that, but something where I can cook maybe like an R and D chef. I feel like those mm. are very interesting. You know, like the CEO comes to you and is like, Hey, we need a protein bar that satisfies X, Y, and Z, and we need it in like eight weeks. Can you come up with a formula for it? 
and it's just like nose to the grindstone like a bunch of little cups of like different formulas and you're testing it out you're weighing measurements so that just seems so cool yeah right yeah, i feel I like that's like almost food... like more chemistry than it is like cooking yeah i think, <coughs> I think that job ways. is super cool and i think i'd be really good at it too interesting because i'd be like very neurotic about oh yeah little we love neuroticism yeah. <laughs> what about you mech what would i be doing if i wasn't in making websites for video game studios uh that's a good question honestly i feel like i would be a journalist mm. Ooh, yes you like, would be good at that i feel like i'd be a good journalist i feel like i have the the sort of down to earth um filled with levity i think like i can make friends with a lot of you know oh my gosh you already do you know, yeah. you know who you could do mac yeah, yeah yeah have you have you heard of channel five news yeah it would be that no what is this you ever Chan- heard of channel five no dude all right nice this is gonna be a nice five minutes uh, <laughs> channel five okay have you heard of all gas no breaks no Give that. me the give me okay. the high level TLDR. There, but, yeah, okay, give, okay, the, give okay. the TLDR. So the TLDR is all gas no brakes. It's this guy who is in like a fucking RV and he drives around the country interviewing uh, eclectic people. Nice. Or at least that's how he started. And now he's gotten into more serious like investigative journalism uh, and just like taking a look at um, like stories that don't really get served very often. Yeah. Um, but he also still does like the wacky, crazy fucking looking at like people that go to like Burning Man and looking at people that go to like fucking um, underground illegal um, drag races in like the Mojave or whatever the fuck. You know oh, yeah. What I mean, um, like all different types of shit. He most recently did one on Chicago's O Block. Yeah. In, in, like fucking neighborhood and like all the gang violence that surrounds it. He's done furry conventions. He's done anime conventions. He's done rap, uh, like hip hop fucking festivals. Yeah. And just finds the craziest motherfuckers there <laughs> to like, <laughs> nice. just, just, to just give a microphone and let them talk. Yeah. And it is some of the best videos on YouTube. Channel five. It's, it's great because he, he's not like dunking on them. Like he's, what I love about his production is he's not sort of, uh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Exploiting them yes. for like views and money and like, which would be very look how easy. Funny they do. are, right? Like they are caricatures. These mm. people, um, but instead he's like genuinely asking them questions, trying to figure out like who they are in life, where they feel like they fit in, their motivations, oh, yeah. and making them feel like they're being heard and like listened to. It's just awesome. And he has he like somehow develops these like genuine relationships with these people. And he ha- he now has like a a cast of reoccurring characters. I was about to say like the kind of friends you make yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. He made friends with like a crip, uh, and is now like part of his crew. Essentially, <laughs> it's just like it's amazing the way wow. he's able to like talk to people. Yeah. And I feel like Mac has the very essence of that, that. energy. I feel that as someone who has gone uh, to like um, like venues and events and like parties with Mac. That is very him. much a uh, skill set that he has. I just like talking True. to people, man. I like meeting people. I like hearing about what people have got going on. There's nothing, there is really no f- feeling like meeting a new person. And like, mm. and even better, what the beginnings of what become, what may become like a friendship. Like feeling that out at the very beginning is 
there is truly no feeling like it. Mm. Like that sort of like uncomfortable nature of it where it's like you really don't know anything about like this person and yet uh, they are like interesting to be around. You know, it's a, it's an interesting um, tightrope to walk, honestly. Totally. I feel like it's because like it's because it's all about potential. Right? Correct. Which is like, you know, limitless basically whenever you're meeting somebody, you don't know the constraints of like, you know, well, you get along with them. And in many ways, it's like constraints that might not actually exist. Correct. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I dig that. I almost thought you were going to tie that back into uh, your role as a producer. Like when you said, it's almost like dot, dot, dot. It's almost like production. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like that is uh, a lot of what like a recruiter does, right? Is like mm. having those first like Take conversations. I Dude, I had yeah. to. Just this that. once. Never, I have never done this before. Never gotten back on topic? Never. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Zeke in the test. He's, I'm the he's, back on topic yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But skillfully, I've, I've, well done. I've come Very back impressive. to production or to recruitment. <laughs> Something game related. He gives a fuck. Um, Baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, that is how uh, a recruiter, the same way a recruiter feels out someone, right? Like, mm. um, Maybe not the same way. I feel like a, like a journalist, I mean, I guess a good one, um, lets that conversation be a little more free form um, and then sort of lets it naturally, guides it naturally to the point that they're trying to get. I guess a recruiter does the same thing. Well, especially with recruiters, right? To where like a lot of times uh, like a, a recruiter in the first, the first gate, if you will, of like interviewing with a company will be like somebody from HR, for instance, mm-hmm. right? To where they're not worried about they're not nearly as worried about evaluating your skills as much as they are about figuring out if you're like a culture fit or as yeah. Shell likes to call it a culture ad. Is that how right? they do it at Shell? Dude, so, so many other companies do it like the opposite way. They first evaluate your skill sets. Like I've done, over the years I've done a few, um, maybe this is not the same. Oh, sure, games, yeah. But I've done a few like, like just software development, web development interviews where it's like first they assess your technical ability. Yeah. Can this motherfucker code? Yeah. And then they figure out if you're an asshole or not. Well, I feel like that's that's in reflective of the companies, right? Like yeah, that's true. I yeah. feel like with with tech and especially with bigger companies where like that's all they care about, right? You know, yeah. Google's such a big place that it's like the culture can kind of run away from them sometimes. Yeah, yeah um, I totally agree. Not to call it Google specifically, but just like large companies in general, right? To where as opposed to Shell, which cares so much about culture and about how people interact and whether people are good people yeah. that like that's their first gate. Cause that's going to be their immediate cutoff. But if you're Google, yeah. you're, you've got so many, you're looking for like only the best of the best. Right. Mm-hmm. So on average, people will not be the best of the best. So that might as well be your variable that you cut people out from. Yeah. That's I mean, true. when I, when I applied to shell 2018, I had literally just done one semester of actual game development. Uh, and so I was very fresh had no idea what I was actually doing. And I think, if I recall correctly, uh, submitted a resume that was literally like, there were like two things on it. There was this like <laughs> typing game that I made yeah. in like a month, even though it was like the shittiest typing game ever. And like uh, a semester game project that was like, I really, I said I was the designer and technically I was, Uh-oh. but we had an artist drop out. So I was the like artist on it. 
Mm. I was doing pixel art for like 80% of the time. So you weren't the designer. So I technically wasn't. Wow. Well done. Uh, but I was yeah. in title. Mm, interesting. So anyway. I've never died. I don't know anyone who's ever lied or, or you know, <laughs> stretched the truth on their resume. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, embarrassing what, for you. But to be fair. Uh, I submitted that resume, got reached out. Yeah. Had I definitely had a like culture check interview first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think that went well, and then I was sent the like test, right? The yeah, yeah, sign yeah. test. Mm-hmm. And I was sent like multiple, I think, um, or like there were yeah. multiple stages of one. And so, yeah, I, I do think Shell is is um, slightly different because when I was when I was trying to do software dev, uh, the interviews were very much reversed yeah like i would meet with like some guy who would like yeah his camera would be off and he would just be like hey so uh how would you like compress this file you have like 15 minutes here's here's the start code um yep i'm like fuck i don't know yeah uh yeah just the like hiring experience at shell is so different it's very like welcoming warm mm-hmm. yeah very true i agree i agree uh and with that glowing recommendation of shell games out of the way we have reached the 49 minute mark oh snap we're one speedy mi- meeting we're so one minute away here here let me let me fill that one minute for you real quick All nice right. notification uh when we do speedy meetings another important part of it we're going to f- bring this Full circle. Another important part of it is making sure people stick to the time, right? Because you could tell people 25 minutes, they'll just roll over it and they'll yep. do 30 minutes. I guarantee you it. Yeah, 100%. So what you do is you find ways to remind them that time's running out. And what I do is I change my camera to be a picture of Smokey the Bear. And it says, only you can enforce speedy meetings. Less than five minutes remaining, wrap it up. And in many ways, that's where we're at in this very moment. Is there a way that you'd like to sign off to to remind people that we are indeed at the end? Because we could, because listen, there's been many a time, just like mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now, <laughs> where I have been like, nice, I'm going to just extend this another 10 minutes because I like hearing myself talk. I dig that. Is there a way that you'd like to cut me off? I'd like to cut you off. Yeah. I'd say, Matt, can we take the rest of this meeting offline? Mm. Ooh, that's clean. That's interesting, actually. All right, Um, whenever we recorded the episode originally, I forgot to say this. Uh, We really need to get better at it. But thank you so much to Michelle, Justin, and Charlie for sponsoring this episode of Draw Call via our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Draw Call, folks. Get in there, get in there, get in there.